My next guest is Niklas Ramon Stavrk. Over the past decade, Niklas helped to build two global SaaS companies, worked with over 100 of the Fortune 500 in more than 20 markets. He currently serves as operating partner at Verdain Capital. His mission is to make the business world customer-led, and he'll be telling us more about it next. Join me and let's open that toolbox. Put it as an incentive for our CS team and as a goal that they should actually, you know, if we deliver value to our customers, that should actually lead to advocacy. So we need to win a certain amount of customer stories and tell the customer stories because we truly believe that it's the best way of growing our business. Hi, Nicholas. How are you today? Welcome to CSM Toolbox. Hey, Isabel. All well here in Stockholm. How about you? Good as well here in Dublin. So it's great to have you here. If you could please tell us what problem is hype streaming trying to solve. Yes, absolutely, Isabella. First of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. It's really a pleasure. Yeah, so Hive Streaming is a Swedish SaaS company. We help companies to optimize the delivery of video communication with their employees at scale and also provide a tool so that they later can understand the impact it's having across the organization. Uh, if we're looking at it today, more than 150 of the world's large, 2,000 largest companies actually have their video tech stack integrated with Hive Streaming to ensure that every employee, independent of geographical location or technical constraints, can actually take part of high quality video communication. And just to quantify the impact on this one, based on if you think about the world that we live in that is so remote, where we are actually engaging over video right now, more than 9 million employees around the world are currently actually benefiting from having optimized video communication by Hive Streaming. Yeah, and I think, as you mentioned right now, how... The way we are engaging with prospects, with customers, with our own families as well outside of work. So most of the times we are utilizing platforms and just other resources that maybe before we weren't really thinking thinking about now in this remote world. Exactly. And from your role as a chief customer officer, maybe if you can share with us, what have you learned from your customers' feedback so far? First of all, that's a great question. I think that there is a lot of things, but I think we also need to see that answer as twofolded. One being part of what we're seeing out in the market out there. The other thing also being part related to our product and the way we are with our customers. But if we start with the first one there, that is more related to the big mission and what we serve our customers in. It's clear that employee engagement and experience is a huge topic these days. And the companies are really making an effort to improve on this. We're starting to see that there's a big question about how can we include employees in the direction that the company is going to make people more engaged, make people actually want to stay with the company and contribute. And this is something that we're seeing with all of these large global enterprise companies that we work with, that they're really doing their best and they're asking us a lot of questions around this, like what can we do better, etc. And I think that this is where customer success also comes in to recycle information from the success cases we see from our most successful customers try to standardize this and also share this within the way we see it as a community of customers that we have. 
And the second part is more related about how we are serving them from a product to our support as well as our CS team. I mean, it's super interesting to see that the customers where we have actually helped beyond the goals of just leveraging the product, but I'm thinking more about the emotional and aspirational level of goals, they really help us to proactively come up with new ideas for how to even approach our own market or even refining our own ideal customer profile. So it's incredible to see this feedback and how it's actually helping us become better across the entire company. Also referring to that collaboration, and I mean, we hear this time and time again, I will say, but it's good to reiterate as well the collaboration we will have with support, with sales, with marketing, like all of these different internal stakeholders that, as and I wrote a note here about those aspirational goals. We talk about business outcomes and all of that. They purchase your service, your software. They want to improve. I really like that. Uh, the aspirational of how do they see themselves improving X, whatever it is internally, they want to improve. So that's the aspirational side of it. Totally. I mean, I think that every time that you have the possibility to help your customer become better, both in terms of learning new skills, you know, become more, learn new things in their field that can actually help them in their careers, that's really taking the relationships to the next level. And I think the customer success team, it's our duty to actually help our customers with this because we spend so much time listening to different customers, talking to them, uh, discussing different ideas and seeing what's working out there. So really recycling this piece of education and sharing that back to the other ones is really, really helping uh, customers beyond that kind of like functional level value. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And well, I referred to your LinkedIn content earlier on, and I know one of your, at the time of the recording of these episodes, one of the most recent ones was around, well, we have heard of PLG, well, customer-led growth, PLG, community-led growth, that it shouldn't be either or, but it should be maybe a combination of, of the three of them now. How have you been able to do that so far? That's a great question, Isabel. And uh, yeah, if we look at the way that we actually approach this from Hivestream's point of view, we are, as a company, we sell to very large enterprises in the first place. So the first thing you might think is like, well, product-led growth might not be the best idea unless you have an extremely horizontal product that is you know, easy to sell into one user or a, you know, a small team to use. But we actually rethought that 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 kind of approach and I it was back in December of 2020 we actually launched together with Microsoft which is a great partner of ours we actually launched part of the hive streaming product meaning mainly the analytics part of the product in the Azure marketplace so that customers that are Microsoft users that are using Microsoft Teams live event which is the most you know biggest platform out there for large enterprise organizations they could actually now procure hive directly through that without actually interacting with any sales on our side and uh, we've actually made it since our pricing is actually usage based we have made it a bundle so that customers can actually try it out up to a certain level to see how it's actually benefiting their business before converting over to an enterprise plan so that's how we are taking like we're chopping up our product providing part of it as a plg motion from a customer-led point of view that's what we're aspiring to become as a company we're doing heavy investments when it comes to our customers our cs teams just over the last year we have you know both set up two teams we have a cs team over in the US. We have a CS team in EMEA. Uh, we have added customer success operations team. And on top of that as well, we are also putting in what we call, we refer to them as customer storytellers. But basically what this is, that we put it as an incentive for our CS team and as a goal that they should actually 
you know, if we deliver value to our customers, that should actually lead to advocacy. So we need to win certain amount of customer stories and tell the customer stories because we truly believe that it's the best way of growing our business. When it comes to the community side, we're still in the beginnings of this, but what we're experimenting with a bit here is to try to see how we can build micro communities that are based on different topics because we have different customers that are have different maturity levels when it comes to what they want to do. Some might just be starting to, you know, to communicate with their employees at scale. Some other ones are really obsessed about employee experience and engagement. So depending on where they are on that kind of maturity level, we try to connect them with each other so that you can actually leverage existing customers that have done something incredible to teach other customers in doing so as well. And I think that that's kind of cross-pollination is something that we truly believe in. So we're, we're currently setting that up, but that's not so much for new customer acquisition. It's more about how can we grow value for our existing customers through a community approach and sequentially also, of course, growing our revenue via that since we're a usage-based uh, pricing model as well. Yeah, and that sounds quite interesting, the micro-communities. And, and maybe I'm, I'm just curious now, will that be, in the way I, I have seen it uh, myself in other places, will be maybe user groups or advisory boards? Is that maybe what you will have in mind? Yes, exactly. So it's user groups to start with. And we're looking at, you know, customers of, in, in group between four or five. For us, we, we truly, we, we can also see that an important factor of this one is that we want to build trust in these groups. And if you have a smaller number of people, it's easier when you do frequent user group meetups to actually build that trust faster. So rather than doing it like, you know, with 20 or 30 different stakeholders at the same time, we want there to be really conversational. We want them to get to know each other. We want them to build that trust so that they can actually start exchanging and, you know, benefiting from each other's experiences. Yeah. And that's super interesting because I think that also feeds in a way into, for example, you will have this group of four to five that I'm sure they will also not only will be that key networking sites, but also if they want to maybe share, okay, maybe this feature could be this way that it could also help your product managers as well, that maybe they will be helping you. They will be suggesting any new features or anything that might come to mind to your, to your product manager. So I think that could also be beneficial as well. 100% agree. I mean, you can never get too much feedback, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. And uh, I agree. I think it was last year. Now I, it's hard to keep track of time, what year we are basically living in now. But you did a presentation with Saster about reinventing CS and that's definitely caught my eye. And you talked about three levels of customer value. So maybe for our audience today, if you could please expand on that topic. Absolutely. First of all, this is my absolute favorite area of customer success is the, to talk about the different levels of uh, customer value, because I truly believe there is. And just by starting to, you know, just to start with, when we think about value, a lot of the times we limit ourselves only to think about the value that our product provides to a customer. But it's rarely that a product is actually only, you know, it, their reality is not just your product. There's so many other things that are happening in their lives and you have codependency on other initiatives that are going on in their business. So the way that we think about value is to break it up into three different levels. The functional value value, which is what the product is actually doing to help them achieve a goal. I mean, that's the reason they signed up in the first place. But if you look at the most successful companies out there, they actually don't stop there. They try to think about what can we do 
next to actually unlock more value because you know that if it's only about the product, you're not going to create that level of stickiness because you need to actually deliver more value over time. And here's where you go, where you, once you have delivered the functional value, you can start think, asking yourself, how can we provide emotional value to the customer, which is they have achieved an outcome. How can we help them get to recognition they deserve for taking this initial risk of signing with us? Because, you know, by the end of the day, most of us, you know, most of us in the tech world, we do not have the most recognized brands. We are not an Amazon. We are not an Apple or, you know, we, most of us don't work for those companies. And so when we see these enterprise companies that actually take a big risk of signing, you know, from their point of view, signing with a somewhat unknown company, I think it's our duty to actually deliver that back and say, Hey, now you've achieved this. It's our responsibility to help you get recognition for this, both within your company, within the community that you're in and also outside to the market. And that's where you actually tap into the emotional value. Now, once you have done that, it's also the responsibility then to go into what we talked briefly about earlier, the aspirational value. How can we help them gain new skills or new things that can actually help them improve in their careers? And we've seen that, that you know, uh, having worked in customer success for more than eight years now and really uh, you know, approaching it from these kind of three levels of value, it's incredible to see that once you have delivered value with the product, you have helped them get recognition. And once you've helped them actually, you know, maybe even get a promotion or, you know, find a new job, even sometimes even outside of their company, that's a customer for life. That's someone who will be, next time they change the company, they're going to call you the first because they know that you're truly a trusted advisor that not only helped them achieve the business outcomes, but you also helped them achieve their aspirational outcomes as a professional. And I think that that's really when you excel as customer success, when you manage to do it from the functional value to the emotional value and eventually the aspirational value. If they can serve as a reference when they move on in their career, like your champion, they go in and say, well, they still talk about your your service, your platform. I think that's the best referral <laughs> that you can have. A hundred percent. And it's pretty much, it means that the next cost per acquisition will be zero, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. Great insights. And actually, Nicolas, something that I like to ask all of my guests, what's in your toolbox? Obviously, other than hive streaming, what mobile or web app you cannot live without? Oh, great question. I would actually say that personally, for me, I would say Miro, LinkedIn, and actually Apple Notes on my phone. And, and to break it down a little bit, Miro for me, is something that I use on a daily basis, because I think it's a great one to visualize concepts that are otherwise stuck in tools that are difficult for others to, you know, to take part of. You know, obviously, you know, uh, when you're a CS leader, Salesforce to me is master data, but I cannot ask a lot of other people to log in there, for example, from our engineering team or our product team that they actually have to use a tool that might not actually be meant for them. So Miro is actually helping us this kind of, you know, cross team visualization of different concepts and ideas. And it's also a good way of actually, you know, once you come up with something, you can actually visualize it in an asynchronous format so anyone can take part of it at any time. And eventually you can just start a workshop by just jumping into that board and have a conversation about it to see how do we approach this situation. It can be blockers from a customer, it could be, you know, product feedback that we're getting or customer voice even sometimes. You know, you don't want that to be stuck in tickets or, you know, in some kind of dark hole in some of the products. So Mirror is a great way of just visualizing that. Very underrated. Obviously LinkedIn, I'm a big networker. And I actually say that it's a it's a tool for me actually. Both in terms of networking, I I try to 
give back as much as possible to the community. It's a big uh, passion of mine. But I also think that, you know, being engaged on LinkedIn, it also helps us you know, pre-market in a lot of things, both when it comes to associating yourselves with future customers, but also like it has helped us hire most of our team without spending, a, you know, a single dollar on external, uh, you know, employment fees that we need to pay recruiters. And I think that that is just incredible because the CS community is an extremely strong one and LinkedIn is a great one to connect in there and actually build up that kind of recognition so that eventually, you you know, when you're looking to hire people, you're already connected to them in one way or another. And then notes, it doesn't sound as fancy, but to be honest, I'm a thinker. Uh, I love thinking. I think all the time about new concepts, new ideas. You know, I pass something on the street and I get inspired. So for my phone, it's extremely, you know, helpful to just open up the notes and just put in some notes. And I put in maybe like, you know, 10 different ideas a day that I can think of either about what we can improve internally at Hive Streaming, or it could be another concept that I would like to explore more, or if some, or I saw something that some other person mentioned or shared. I think notes is just a great vintage, simple format of just keeping track of that, like not overcomplicating it with any fancy tools. So I would actually say those three are my uh, top favorite ones that I I'm so glad that you give a shout out to Apple Notes because I have to say I do use them quite a lot myself and the way that they will sync, I, I have a Mac, so they will sync even if I write something on my phone, then I just come here and if it's, as you said, an idea or anything, it's there already because it will sync to that and yeah, it can be vintage. I know I have tried there are other apps that I cannot remember their names now. I just end up deleting them <laughs> and I go back to Apple Notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, same for me, actually. I mean, I, I must say I am also using Notion, but not maybe for my for my personal notes, more for, you know, different mm. projects, etc. Mm. But uh, I would still say Apple Notes is a, it's a, it's a favorite one for taking notes. A hundred percent agree. And I think we have talked about how open you are on LinkedIn, but maybe just mention this to folks. If people will want to reach out to you, I'm just guessing LinkedIn will be the best place for them to do that. But if you can just, yeah, tell us how we can reach out to you. No, definitely. I mean, reach out on LinkedIn. I try to answer as many messages as uh, as I can. Many sales pitches sometimes directly on uh, on uh, on messages on LinkedIn. But you know, if you want to pick my brain on something, I actually try to do four to five virtual coffees with new people every week. So. I have that as actually a goal because I truly believe like I've had so many great mentors and people that have helped me through my career. And I really want to give back that to the community for all the people who are, you know, other, you know, you might be a customer success manager who aspire to become a CS leader or you are a CS leader that is struggling with how you, you know, can go about customer led growth in your organization. So, you know, all those kind of topics, I'm always open to help. And I think that, you know, even though I can help other people with a lot of things. I think that it's mutually beneficial for me as well to hear about other people's experiences. So more than happy to help. Thank you, Niklas. And well, it was a pleasure talking to you, hearing about uh, your insights and hype streaming a bit more. So yeah, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Isabel. Likewise. Esse podcast foi editado por Aerolitos, edição inteligente.